evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Upper Ninety Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, just been, uh, been, just been doing a lot lately. This is Larry Henry Jr., SBI Soccer Managing Editor. Uh, also doing a lot of work. Fox Sports, The Gambler, Radio in Philadelphia. Uh, now that NH, now the Flyer season has kind of died down. Um, can get back into doing hopefully more of these. Um, and. First episode back in a while. We had to we had to make it a good one, so we got a special guest tonight. Uh, good friend Tom Bogert from MLS Soccer. Uh, you can follow him over uh, on Twitter at at Tom Bogert. Uh, lowercase letters. Uh, first off, Tom, uh, th- thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, how's things been? And uh, you you've been able to to do anything over the summer now as we get into the fall. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, outside of just watching all the sports and everything, nothing too much. Time the beach, so still got to go to the beach, so that's fun. Can't complain too much. Yeah, man, it's just been crazy year. Uh, haven't been able to really do much vacation wise, other than the beach uh, a little bit. Uh, we're supposed to go to Atlanta next week, a uh, couple weeks. Uh, still kind of up in the air. Uh, my cousin's wedding, so um, it's just crazy because it's a quarantine state and don't want to don't want to have to miss work for two weeks so um yeah it's 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 crazy but uh like like we said off the mic we'll get through this hopefully 2021 we're back to normal uh full mls season and and obviously u.s men's national team a lot going on it's going to be a bonkers 2021 with everything um but first off uh i wanted to kick off with the english premier league got underway this past weekend a couple teams uh, didn't play Manchester City, Manchester United, just because of European uh, seasons running long in the summer. But I uh, wanted to start off with Liverpool. Tom's, Tom's a Liverpool supporter. Uh, and obviously, uh, a good I would say a good result to kick off the season. Uh, maybe not just performance-wise, just for the fact that Liverpool let up three goals to Leeds United. But overall, they get the three points. Mo Salah gets the hat trick. Um, but overall, Tom, what was your uh, thoughts of that game? It was just a really good way, I think, a uh, really great game to start off the Premier League season if you're a neutral fan. Um, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess the right there, obviously not being neutral, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I, um, you know, when, when it is good football, when it is good tactics and stuff, you know, rather than individual mistakes or a sloppy game, like, I can, you know, do real, recognize real. But yeah, I mean, I guess my first thought was, it's been a while since I've watched a Liverpool game that has real consequence because by the time the league shut down in March, they had already had a hand and a half on the on the title, so they don't have to worry about that. They had just gotten knocked out of the Champions League and the FA Cup, so the rest of the season was just playing to play. And, and you know, it's obviously great to watch them, and they were choosing the record, but when when it's when there's no like trophies of consequence or chasing whatever that outside of just you know records and history books, you know, it was it was a different feeling. So it was like fun to be like, oh god, like every game feels like a must win again because teams like City and Chelsea and Arsenal and Arsenal, but you know the the usual title challengers feel like you gotta win every game. So that was different, and I was excited about that. And I was like, oh, it feels feels alive again. But yeah, I mean that that game was incredible, and you know. I'm not even disappointed in the performance by Liverpool, even the fact that they gave up three goals. Like, there was one individual, or like one individual mistake, but Leeds are legit, you know. I I watched them, you know, a handful of times in the championship, but, you know, not enough to, like, really see how they might kind of transcend to the Premier League, and, you know, they made a few signings, but the, the else's tactics are awesome. I didn't know how it was going to translate 
to the Premier League and or how quickly they might. But oh my God, that was so much fun. The traps that they set with their pressing, the, the way that they spread the field and, and pretty much just make you have to defend in a ton of space and, and have this team that, that's insanely fit and insanely good. You know, Calvin Phillips, there was, when they were in possession, he's the only person in the middle of the field. It's incredible how wide open they are and, and just how much fun that game was. And, and I think that that was a perfect way for it to come back. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I was I was able to catch a good amount of it before heading down to Chester for the Union game, and it was just, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted, I was hoping that it wasn't like a 5 nothing Liverpool win, or it's like, welcome back to the Premier League, lead 6 nothing or something like that, loss. But uh, yeah, it was really back and forth. Uh, Jack Harrison gets a goal, a uh, really good goal. Uh, you know, former NYCFC player, um, good, you know, good, good to see that, and uh, overall, I mean, it was just, it was just fun to see. I think coming into the season, I mean, no matter what team it is, there's always going to be some doubt is, okay, you won the championship, um, or, you know, in years past teams have rolled to the championship. I mean, Norwich, Norwich city was in a prime example of that and they got relegated. So it just shows you, um, you know, how much work you have to do to be successful at the next level in the premier league. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hey, Leeds. I mean, I don't think Leeds are Leeds are probably not even really disappointed that the fact they lost just for the fact that they put up three goals against Liverpool. They went toe to toe with them. Um, I mean, they just came back in the premier league after a long, uh, drought and uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're too upset about it. Uh, I mean, Bielsa might be a little bit just because he seems like he's a perfectionist and wants to um, probably will say that there were some mistakes. But I mean, it's the first game of the season. Um, they still got thirty-seven more games to go, cup competitions as well. So um, one thing I did want to ask you though with Liverpool, I mean, uh, some of the teams, uh, the big boys in the Premier League, did make some big moves. Obviously, Chelsea. Uh, making a a boatload of moves. Um, Liverpool, not not so much really. Uh, were you a little shocked by that, or were you? Uh, do you still think that they will make a move? Should they make maybe some depth depth signings uh, in the squad? No, I mean I wasn't surprised just because they they did this last year too. You know, there's not an obvious you know spot that they need to upgrade on, or not an obvious you know position that they need to depth at kind of left back, which they they bought it back up left back. So. I didn't, I didn't even think they were going to do that. So, you know, that's fine. It's just, this is, you know, more the Liverpool way. This is Klopp talks about it all the time. He's like, this, this is how we're going to go about our business. Like, just because the Chelsea bought, you know, five players or whatever doesn't mean that, okay, now we have to do it just because Chelsea did it. Like, they have so many, you know, promising academy talent that they are putting into the first team this year. You know, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Liam Brewster, like, all these players, Nico Williams, if, if you signing players for 30 million why why do you have an academy what, what is the point um and as a city fan you should unfortunately know that pretty well like what like you made seven million dollars on Jaden sancho and selling him to, to dormant why, why do you have an academy if he has zero chance of getting into your first team so mm. i personally love the way that they do this and I, I love being able to yell at people on twitter about net spend and all this stuff and the identity that this club has rather than just you know a bottomless bit of money so you know i'm content i think the squad is really great as it is um i would have i was hoping that they were going to sign timo Werner, but that would have meant that he would have had to one be okay with being like a rotation kind of player and he's obviously way better than that at, at an age where he should be playing every game and that would mean you know divock and at least another player could probably have to be sold to accommodate because again what's the point in having a big squad if a lot of these players aren't going to play and it's just easier to manage the team so you know i'm completely content with how they did this um, their fall and it's still 
still open. And realistically, I, the only the only signing I see them making is if if Gini Wijnaldum gets sold to Barcelona, then I see them buying Thiago. That's it, you know. And, and I'm totally content with what squad is. Yeah, yeah, and we still have a, still have a couple weeks till the transfer window um, closes. But yeah, I mean, like you said with Man City, uh, it's a thing with, um, you know, it's probably maybe stupid of me to say, but I had colleagues and friends say, oh, Leo Messi's coming to Man City. and Would I love Leo Messi? Of course I would. But realistically, do I want them to spend $800 million to get him? No, I do not want I mean, man, I already get enough crap from people that say, you know, oh, oil money FC and this, that, and the other. And it's like, um, you know, I would love Leo Messi, but what's the point of the squad right now? And what's the point of, uh, you know, getting, uh, young, you know, young players, obviously Phil Foden is a great example. He's come into the team. He's an Academy guy. Um, I hope he'll probably play a lot more this season, obviously, obviously cause David Silva's gone. Um, then you bring in another young guy like, uh, Ferran Torres, um, who, who will probably see some time as well. Um, but yeah, obviously I love what Liverpool's doing. Get the young guys in, let them play. Um, again, what's the point of having uh, an academy if you're not going to play these guys? Um, now, uh, staying with the Premier League, uh, though, um, looking at the three promoted teams, we touched on one with Leeds United. Uh, what they did in the Championship w- was great to see. Um, last two years, really. I mean, they missed out two years ago. Um, and then you also have West Brom and Fulham. Uh, is is it safe to say uh, after one week, Leeds United is probably the most likely to stay up? Obviously, a lot, I mean, a lot can change. A lot will change. Um, you know, we don't know. Players probably will, you know, get injured, this, that, and the other. But uh, if I had my pick, I think Leeds United is probably the most uh, ready, ready to kind of stay in this league for a year or two. Um, but overall, what what do you think? I, I think that it's significantly more likely that Leeds finish like eighth than they do get relegated. It, it, like they're not like the same way that Wolves when they first came up to the Premier League a couple years ago. They they weren't like they're they're, they're going to skip the relegation battle and probably go at least straight into mid table if not like challenging for like one of those final like Europa League places. Like that's how good this team is. That's how good this team should be. This is. Um, so I don't even know if I, I barely count them as you know a newly promoted club. And like the Sheffield United is a good example, another one that, mm-hmm. that was able to just kind of skip right out on the yep. um, relegation battle. But like people didn't see it coming the way that they saw it coming with Wolves and Leeds. So I mean I, I don't even I barely even count them as a newly promoted team just because of that. Like but but yeah I mean at West Brom and Fulham they're going to struggle. Most people have I, I don't know if I've seen anybody um, kind of predict that they're going to avoid the drop um, and the first weekend. <laughs> Would, uh, would kind of back up those feelings, not just based on results, based on performances. It just looked, you know, I don't know. But, you know, West Brom don't look like that they're going to have any real attacking outlet, and Fulham don't look like they're going to have any sort of de- defensive structure, like, you know, like they did the last time they were in the Premier League to stay up. So I think it's going to be really tough for them. And, and again, Leeds should be honestly disappointed if they finish below, like, 12. Yeah, I agree with you. I think... That you hit it on the head exactly with Wolves, Sheffield United, two teams that came up and and jumped right up into the top ten. Um, I I think that that it's a great uh great comparison uh, for sure. And uh yeah, Fulham. I mean, obviously I want Fulham to stay just for the sole, probably for the sole fact that Tim Reams there and it's another American that we that we can 
Yeah. yeah, Anthony Robinson as well that we can talk about and say, okay, um, you know, it, obviously Fulham's a big club. They should be there. West Brom, eh, if West Brom went down, I would, you know, I wouldn't be shedding tears for West Brom if they went down. Um, again, I mean, both teams suffered lopsided defeats in week one. Uh, you know, I think Slavin Bilge is, is a good manager. Um, he'll work with that team, hopefully keep them up. But yeah, Leeds United, I think they finish. I think in my prediction, I had him as like ninth or 10th. Um, I, I, yeah, they're more likely to finish up near the top. Um, but uh, Fulham and West Brom, I think they're going to have a tough go around. But uh, switching gears, but staying in the Premier League, uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, a guy that obviously we both written about, uh, talked about, excited about uh, for the second season with Chelsea. Uh, unfortunately, misses the game last night, uh, Monday night against Brighton, um, the 3-1 win for Frank Lampard's side in their season opener. But misses the game, obviously was still coming back from that hamstring uh, injury that he suffered in the FA Cup final where he scored. Um, everyone kind of reported that he would be back. He would be go. I mean, even us at SBI, we reported that it sounded like he was going to be ready. Um, suffered a little setback. Uh, Frank Lampard hasn't really said if it's going to be, he hasn't really given like a timetable, but it sounds like he will miss the Liverpool game this week. Uh, doubtful to, to play. Um, Tom, I mean, it, I mean, it, obviously, what he did last year was great to see. One of the best players in the Chelsea shirt, if if not the best. Uh, but he's going to have a lot of competition now. I mean, Timo Werner comes in. Kai Havertz comes in. Um, Zayat from Ajax comes in as well. Um, overall, how do you think Christian Pulisic does in season number two? Obviously, the the fitness is key. If he's fit, um, we, we saw the numbers. And probably those numbers would have been even better if he wasn't out with the adductor injury um, as well. But uh, overall, how do you think he does in se- uh, season number two? Yeah. He's kind of hit it there too. Like it's, it's mostly about his availability. But I don't think anybody's doubting his technical ability this year. And some people, you know, did last year just they thought he did the uh, we bought him this self shirt kind of stupid narrative um, on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. So mm-hmm. thankfully, I don't think that there's any question about his technical ability and that he should be a starter when everybody's fully fit. But the problem is, is you know, I hope that this injury doesn't linger because the longer that it goes. At the, particularly at the beginning of the season with other new signings, you know, when, if, if Mason Mount is somebody that, you know, not a lot of people think would be a starter, but Lampard's relied on him going back to his days at, at Darby County. So, you know, it, he's just missing crucial. I hope that he doesn't miss too much crucial time to build that form and, and build that, you know, match fitness and match sharpness that, you know, the rest of the team is willing. And, you know, if Chelsea start winning, it's going to be really difficult to get back in the team because it's not just that. It's good form and, and whatnot, but you know there's so much competition in that Chelsea attack. So, what if you know Timo Werner gets to play, goes and plays like as an inside forward at left wing to get Tammy Abraham some games? What if um, you know Kai Havertz moves up uh, into one of the attacking spots rather than like at center mid? You know, it's just there's a lot of options for Chelsea, and I would have I would have you know felt a lot better for him if he was able to just start the season fit. Um, but you know it's not perfect, and that it's not going to kill his season, but. Um, I still think he's going to do very fine. I think he's going to get a ton of starts and, and a ton of, you know, goal contributions. But, you know, just, I guess, from a selfish point, given his, you know, injury history, you just want to see him fit and just want to see him being able to, uh, available for selection every single game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's going to have uh, plenty of competitions. I mean, Chelsea back in the Champions League, 
uh, as well. Um, and you also have the cup competition, so he's going to be uh, relied on. And obviously Lampard, um, you know, has trusted him in that first season. He knows what he's about. He's played a bunch of games. Uh, a bunch of the new guys came in. I mean, Havertz started last night. Werner started last night. Zayic was out. Um, but yeah, I think Frank Lampard knows, um, what he has in Pulisic and again, fitness is key. Um, but hopefully he bounces back soon. It's going to be a busy 2021 for him with, uh, Chelsea, with us, us men's national team, with all their competitions and world cup qualifying. Um, he's going to have to be, uh, fit and ready to go. Um, one question I did want to ask you, uh, kind of on the spot is outside, outside of Pulisic, um, you know, there with Anthony Robinson coming in the Premier League uh, now, and then obviously Zach Steffen um, coming in at Man City. Uh, with, which prospect are you kind of more excited uh, to see play this season? For me, I um, I mean, obviously being a City fan, I, I, I love Steffen, I, what he brings, um, but I'd have to go with Anthony Robinson just for the sole fact that, um, you know, what he did at Wigan, he was able to really develop nicely last season, was probably their best defender, I would say, uh, overall, made the championship team of the week a bunch of times. Uh, I mean, you obviously have a good amount, a bunch of talent if you're getting scouted by AC Milan, which he was as well. Um, but overall, I think Robinson, for me, he's going to have competition. Joe Bryan just signed a contract extension there. But um, overall, I think for me, Robinson at Fulham, I think that's going to be pretty pretty neat to see. And obviously, I think he's ready to play in the Premier League. But uh, who would you say? Would you say Robinson or would you say Stefan based on the fact that uh, the bigger club, Man City? Yeah, usually Robinson because I don't see Stefan playing like a borderline a minute of Premier League football. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a handful of games, whether it's suspension or I guess rotation. But you know, he's I can't see him playing at all. So um, it's a, it, by default, it's Anthony Robinson, and like you said, he'll be in a good spot. But he should be uh, a good chance to get minutes. You know, Joe Biden is their starting left back, but you know, he's not going to play thirty-eight games the same way that it is only essentially. So, Jack, uh, Anthony Robinson, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does at the Premier League. All right, we will see. Hopefully, didn't didn't dress this weekend, but hopefully, uh, with cup competitions coming in, Carabao Cups this week, so maybe he gets a run in there. Um, but a lot of a lot of competitions for both players coming this season. But now we're gonna flip back over the pond to North America. Uh, MLS continuing their busy summer into the fall now uh, of regular season play. Um, overall, I mean. It's been pretty amazing to me that they've still been able to play this many games uh, with the pandemic, able to do the MLS's back tournament. Um, I thought that went pretty smoothly. Uh, and then now back in regular season play, um, getting closer, ever closer to that MLS Cup in December, uh, back in December this year. But uh, looking at the standings uh, so far, I mean, it seems like you got a couple teams obviously in the mix in the East uh, right now. Columbus leading the way. You also have the Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, and then you got some other clubs as well. Orlando, Montreal. Uh, in the West, Sporting KC leading the way. You got uh, Seattle Sounders, Minnesota United, uh, LAFC. Don't forget about them and LA Galaxy as well. Uh, overall, uh, Tom, what, what have you made of uh, the restart of the regular season play, and uh, who's Im- who's impressed you so far? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, it's it's been really impressive that uh, MLS had, didn't run into the same problems that MLB did when it came to COVID uh, positive cases. You know, they they haven't had to move a game. There hasn't been one skip. The closest thing to a scare was um, 
Gary Smith, the head coach of Nashville, had a false positive and didn't get the coach in his first their first game back. That's it. That's it. So it's it's um, really impressive and honestly beyond my wildest expectations. I figured that you know if if the same stuff was happening with baseball, how could it not? You know, with the traveling and whatnot. So honestly, kudos to them and, and the, the, all the players' discipline and everything across across the league that they're doing to make sure that you know all these games have gone on without a hitch. Um, that being said, as far as on the field, this team that I've been impressed by, um, the crew for the entire season, you know, they had a couple you know, questionable results a, a little bit um, when they came back here when, with uh, teams that were kind of bunkering against them. But um, they're one of the best teams in the league, the Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC. You know, Toronto have been aided by the fact that they're only playing um, Vancouver and Montreal, and that's not necessarily a shot at either club. Um, so, you know, their expectations and league positions, you know, would lend you to believe that Toronto FC could have harder games and continually play those two teams but you know they're still just playing the same teams rather than every couple of days playing a different team and um, doing more and more travel with them than they are north of the border but um, you know those are obviously going to be cup contenders going through the season Sporting KC has been up and down since they came back here but I think that's just a really good team and same thing with Seattle they've, they're kind of doing their normal thing where they really pick it up in the second half of the season um, I think we're there now but even based on games played we're I think, I think we're a little bit over half. I don't know. It's a unique year. So, yeah, those are just a few of the teams that have been really impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I probably have to stay local with this, but I mean, Philadelphia Union have been really impressive, I think, uh, from the MLS tournament on. Uh, those first two games, obviously the Dallas game didn't go their way opening weekend, and then the LAFC game, which was easily the, the game of the season at that point, uh, the the 3-3 draw. Um, and then what they did in the tournament, uh, I mean... Seeing a lot of guys uh, impressed. Brendan Aronson, obviously, he's continued to be in link with a move to Europe. Uh, Mark McKenzie as well. And then uh, this past weekend was able to get back down to the stadium, uh, Subaru Park, and, and see Anthony Fontana with his uh, first multi-goal performance, which was great to see for him. Uh, he's been, been chomping at the bit to get minutes and uh, I think really... Uh, has given Jim Curtin something to think about in in regards to uh, you know midfield rotation and everything, but um, but then looking at the uh, standings as well, um, I, there there's always going to be a disappointment. Uh, my disappointment, I don't know if it's any easier than this, but Atlanta United has just been uh, pretty atrocious when it comes to the standards that they've had. Um, yes, Joseph Martinez uh, has been injured. I mean, they sell Pity Martinez. Um, and obviously Ezekiel Barco has been linked as well now. So, but overall, I mean, this is a team where you'd expect them to be up there in the playoff positions, uh, right now sitting 10th, uh, in the East, only 11 points from 11 games. I mean, it's just continuing to, to really hit rock bottom. That loss to Nashville was pretty, uh, embarrassing, which now has Nashville above them, uh, in the standings. So now Atlanta United's easily my pick. Um, no one, no one really close to that, uh, for me overall, would, would you agree with that, Tom, or is there someone else you got in mind? No, no, they definitely are. With with even nobody should be expected to be fine without the, uh, when a player like Joseph Martinez gets injured. But you know, I'm not shedding any tears for a team that had two 15 million dollar rated players um, alongside them and then had you know all the other moves that they've made. You know, I, again, LAFC has been without Bella for most of the season, and they're okay. You know, that just shows. I think Warren Buffett has like a, a good quote about you know rising tide when when the tide is high you know everybody can swim but but when you know the tide goes down you see who's swimming without swim trunks and you know 
Joseph Martinez papered a lot of cracks for them last year. And continuing on that last run, I would I project the notion that a, a loss at Nashville was embarrassing. Nashville are simply a better team than them right now. They, first of all, they have an actual head coach rather than an interim head coach. They have a cohesive unit, and this is an expansion team that already has a more cohesive unit than Atlanta United, which should speak volumes to them. Um, and just, you know, Dax McCarty would walk into the Atlanta United midfield. Like, Hamburg Doyle would walk into the Atlanta United midfield. Walker Zimmerman would, you know, he, he would be with Miles Robinson. You know, the fullbacks are, are better on Nashville. You know, so I, I don't think that, I think that's just all about, like, bad narrative spinning for people who decided that Inter-Miami were going to be glamour. Like, Nashville was going to be like Cincinnati, rather. It's not, not, nothing to do with Inter, uh, to be fair. But, yeah, it was just it's a weird thing that, People decided just because that Nashville weren't talking this big game or they weren't, you know, they, they traded for Anibal. The Doyle was one of their first players rather than, you know, like Miami signed Matias Pellegrini. So, you know, when, when Anibal Gadoy seems more like Fernando Adi kind of thing. So uh, by way of the way that they kind of did their transactions. But I, like, I genuinely think that that's just a better soccer team in 2020. Yeah, no, no, you, you hit it right on the head. Uh, I mean, it's been pretty, you know, it's been pretty embarrassing to watch uh, Land United after being there, uh, you know, seeing them play a few times uh, down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium a few years back and seeing all the glitz and glamour and the 60,000 fans. And um, I'm sure 60,000 fans wouldn't even want to go to the game right now, uh, let alone that there's a pandemic. But even if not, they probably do not want to watch Atlanta United play. Um, but yeah, Tom, wanted to put you on the spot one more time, um, just staying with the MLS narrative. Um, looking at the standings, I mean, there's a couple teams, obviously, that are just outside of the playoff places. Um, you know, you have like uh, you have teams uh, looking at it. You have RSL. You have Dallas. Um, uh, a couple teams like that overall. Um, if there was one team you think is out of, that's sitting outside of the playoff places um, that is most poised for a run at, at getting into those top spots, who who would that be? Yeah, I mean, this is also kind of silly. Just one because of that 18 out of 26 teams make the playoffs, so you'd have to be, it's going to be tough for those 18 that don't make the playoffs in, in retrospect. And two, that like, one, like Dallas have played two less games than Real Salt Lake, and they're one point behind them. You know, theoretically, if Dallas wins both of their games at hand, they'll they'll be second place in the West. You know, so like, it's just like little things like that, like three points separated, like it's such a small separator, like things like, with Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday games for a lot of teams. Like next week, this table could look completely different. You know, that being said, Dallas, obviously, as I pointed to, they're easily a playoff team in a, in a normal season, regardless of this year, with you know more spots up for grabs. Obviously, I'm, again, I'd be surprised if they weren't one of the top four or five teams by the end of the year in the West. And then I guess outside, out in the East, like I think that Miami are going to make the playoffs. There's just too much talent and, and too good of a coach for them to not figure it out. And unlucky might not be the right word, but it's not like they were playing horribly. Like you could, you could see the signs of, of kind of a good team in there. Plus, uh, there are a few teams like Atlanta are above the playoff line right now, and, and that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for them for the rest of the year unless they figure things out pretty quick. And but then you know, Montreal is a team that people might have questions about, or the Red Bulls, you know, with the coaching change and everything. So I'd like, I, I, I think I'd go as far as to say I'd be surprised if Miami don't make the playoffs. 
Yeah, and especially with the fact, obviously, the new signings, uh, Matuidi and then Higuain as well. Um, you know, when when he uh, is able to suit up and everything, obviously, we'll add uh, veteran experience. Obviously, a boatload of caps for Argentina in the past. Uh, played for some of the biggest clubs. I think that's just a huge, uh, huge ad whenever you can get a guy like that and just pluck him right into the starting lineup uh, like they did with, with Matuidi but um definitely definitely going to be fun to see uh down the down the stretch a uh, bunch of games obviously MLS announcing the next uh schedule obviously some now we have the Canadian teams coming in uh playing some some teams from the US so that'll be good uh no more no more watching Toronto versus Montreal on a Monday night uh with with football on now um now we can see some new matchups uh it will be interesting though seeing uh the Philadelphia Union have to travel to Red Bull Arena to play Montreal I thought that was pretty funny uh <laughs> noticing uh, I was thinking of making the trip and I was like ah nah probably not but uh sit at home and watch but yeah it should be interesting uh, obviously, uh, can't wait to see what happens. But um, overall, this won't be the last time, folks, that you hear Tom Bogert uh, back on up, Upper 90. Does a bang-up job over at MLS. Uh, always uh, getting a lot of content out, breaking news, uh, contract situations. The guy does everything. Uh, and he still has one of the best mustaches uh, in, the, in, the, in the soccer journalism world right now. So, Tom, that, thanks so much for joining me, t- taking a few times out of your day. Uh, I know he's got a big big soccer game to play tonight, so hopefully he gets a galazzo tonight and dedicates it to the podcast. But, Tom, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, and uh, stay safe. And uh, I guess I'll say go Liverpool, but uh, just for the fact that I'd like, I'd like to see a good title race again this year. No, uh, no, twenty-five, twenty-six point uh, blowouts for the title. Yeah, man, I'm with you there. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, man. Uh, everyone, that was Tom Bogert. Again, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Tom Bogert, T-O-M-B-O-G-E-R-T. Larry Henry, uh, you can follow me, LHenry019, uh, writing at SBI Soccer. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, tune in next time for Upper 90.